and welcome to the GameSpot After Dark podcast. My name is Tamor. Um, I am joined today by Michael Hyam. Yo, what up? Jean-Luc Seipke. Hi, hi. And the most illustrious guest we've had thus far. We've had thus far, perhaps. The one, the shadow oh. broker of the games industry, as Yay, I like to yeah. think of him. Uh-huh. One of them, at least. Nate, who you may know as Shinobi602. Hello. Mm-hmm. I cannot be the most illustrious. There's no way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've had, maybe we should take the bodega approach and say we have the most illustrious guests. Nothing Aww. but the most illustrious yeah, guests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, Absolutely. Yeah, you definitely fit into that category. Thanks, guys. It's a real pleasure. Thank you so much. This mm-hmm. is kind of, I think this is going to be interesting for a lot of people because you are well known in the industry we'll get into who you are a bit later but no one really sure. knows what you sound like unless they watch your video series my new show yeah yeah, yeah. New show, um, but... yeah i don't talk much i don't talk much in real life either but <laughs> <laughs> you're uh so bye bye murmur so like yeah. when the podcast came i remember came up and we started making it, i remember saying we should definitely get shinobi in and we should also get yeah. nabel in nabel's the other one i tried to <laughs> But yeah, my, my, Nabel's a mysterious person. Like he, and he's <laughs> he he's quite, like me. Yeah, we we chat often, but I, I don't know what he sounds like either. So <laughs> yeah, I like I like I chatted to him a few times as well, and really nice guy. Just don't know, yeah. don't have any read on. He could still be a bot for all I know. A very very good <laughs> yeah. bot. Yeah, he might be. All right, so <laughs> let's crack on. So um, we have a mm-hmm. segment called the Chris from Dayton, Ohio segment. And if you're unfamiliar with that, that means that we effectively ask newcomers to tell us about themselves. So Nate, being a newcomer, yeah. it's it's all about telling us who you are, um, uh-huh. the kind of games you gravitate towards, and the kind of games that keep you coming back over and over and over. But before we get mm-hmm. into that, there is a jingle. It's very high production value. I'm not um, familiar with this. I don't listen to this podcast. Jean-Luc, so. you got me right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you I ready? Got, I got you. Okay. All right. Let's do this. Let's ready? Okay. Ba-da-ba-ba-da-ba. Chris. There you go. That sounds like some knockoff wow. stuff, man. <laughs> <laughs> that was high production. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nate, tell us about yourself. Yeah. Uh, thanks, man. Um, so, I guess uh, condensed version. Um, I'm a communications manager. I uh, work at Wushu Studios. We're a uh, modestly sized indie studio based in liverpool um i don't live there myself i live on the uh u.s east coast um but uh for i guess for a bit of background you know we're founded by uh a bunch of veterans from evolution studios a couple years back after it was shuttered um we're pretty busy working on a few projects at the moment and um like you said you know i guess you could say i'm a frequenter of that little niche site called Twitter. I don't know if you guys might have heard of it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it's a new thing. Uh, I like to talk a lot of smack on there. Um, and yeah, I also host a show on the side for uh, Escapist Magazine on YouTube called The Joy of Gaming, where I just like to talk about whatever's on my mind about games in a very positive light, which is uh, kind of novel in the YouTube uh, sphere. <laughs> Um, and I also contribute articles every now and then uh, for The Escapist. So, uh, yeah, I'm a internet uh, extraordinaire. <laughs> cool, yeah. You, you see, you're, yeah. One of the, you're one of the folks uh, on Twitter that really has their pulse on the industry, uh, keeping folks yeah. informed. Like, wh- like, what draws you to that? I, I mean, I hate to say, sound generic and say passion, but uh, I don't know. I just, I've always loved games. You know, I've played them for as long as I can remember. Um, I never... I just never got bored of them. I've always like stayed on top of them. And ever since the internet became a thing, you know, back in dial up, I would just 
kind of just peruse forums and, you know, I started with GameFAQs, like, I don't know, I eat ancient time. Shouts out to GameFAQs. Uh, Shouts out to that fine yeah. CBS property. Original GameFacker, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'll just read stuff on there and talk with people. And then I kind of gravitated towards uh, NeoGAF uh, probably like 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, I don't know, I just like talking to people about games because I guess I don't know a lot of people in real life that I can talk to about games. Oh, like, <laughs> I'm just talking talk to these people online, yeah. So, um, That's cool. So what yeah, games do so, you do you like and what games keep you coming back to them? What do you gravitate towards and why? I mean, um, I guess I could, you could kind of put all that in one. It would probably be, uh, you know, RPGs, I would say. Um, Hell yeah. RPGs. Yeah, RPGs slash um, action adventures. Uh, I'm not really big in like uh, sports or music or anything like that, but it's just like, I don't know why RPGs... Uh, well, I mean, you get to control the story most of the time. Um, you know, I love customization. I love uh, just exploring things and uh, taking in the world, taking in sights of, you know, these kinds of games and just learning about lore. And I, I like to take my time. I'm, I'm a very, uh, I'm not a slow-paced gamer, but I like to take my time playing games. And I think, like, I think RPGs allow that the most, um, even though I, you know, I work full time. I got kids. I, you know, I got a house and all that kind of stuff. So I, my time is limited. So I guess it's kind of weird. Someone would like with that kind of lifestyle gravitate towards huge RPGs. But I don't know. I just I take my time with them. I like to just sit back and forget about the world and get lost in in that world. You know. So cool, cool. Yeah. Hmm. So what what game slash series? Oh, uh, I will. Um, I'll, the first one off the top of my head would probably be Mass Effect. Uh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely Mass Effect. Actually, I mean, the first Mass Effect is, I mean, genuinely my favorite game of all time, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I don't say that lightly. It's just because um, you know, I'm huge into sci-fi. I love science fiction, especially things that have to do with space. Um, and Mass Effect's kind of felt like Star Trek, the game in a way. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah, it really did. And I just, I love, uh, I, I love the creativity that, uh, you know, that, well, game creators can, can achieve, like when they just envision space and alien races can look like, and, you know, planets light years away. It's just all that stuff is fascinating to me. So um, I love Mass Effect. I love uh, The Witcher, um, other RPGs, um, stuff from Obsidian. Hmm. Um yeah, I'm trying to think of other RPGs. What are some big ones? Um, you, you, uh, Dragon you, Age, Dragon Age, absolutely. Yeah, I love Dragon Age. You mess um, with uh, you know, uh, Japanese RPGs at all? You know, what I'm I uh, Jap- the only uh, the it's so funny because everyone asks me online. They're like, "Why do you hate Japanese games?" I don't. I don't hate Japanese <laughs> games. I love. I don't. I really don't. There's just uh, there's just a Japanese game has to have like a certain you know je ne sais quoi you know <laughs> to mm. to really grab me. And uh, I would say the only Japanese RPG series I really really love it would probably be Golden Sun. Um, oh, nice. I lo- yeah, I love Golden Sun. Uh, the first and the second one on on the Game Boy Advance. Didn't play the third one. Um, yeah, I don't know why. I just I really I love that series. So no Persona that's Five. One. Persona Five. I, I you saying Persona Five doesn't have Asian Sequa? Yeah, no. <laughs> slander. Everyone told me that everyone told me I'd love it, but, but then they're like, "Yeah, but it's like a hundred hours long." And I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> yeah, it is." I don't it know is. if I got that. Yeah. I think a hundred hours hours long, but the first few is is like slow going. It is. Like yeah, the right. first like five hours is slow going, but once it starts, right. once once it, you get past that, it's you can't stop. It is so good. Really? Yeah. It's like yeah. the third I've palace that, or whatever. I've heard that. I just yeah. I don't know. I'm 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 nervous about. Uh, committing <laughs> i feel like it's like a commitment yeah <laughs> that that je ne sais quoi you mentioned that just 
That's yeah. everything. That's what that game it's has. Era. It's it's got like yeah. it's just a game built on an X factor. Yeah. And you, but yeah. you got you got to stick with it for at least you know yeah. the. I, I I don't like telling people like, hey, after twenty hours, then it hits. <laughs> yeah, like that. That's yeah, a that's a really I mean, tough sell. Like, and I'll like I'm gonna yeah. talk about that with other games uh, later. But that is a tough pitch to make. But I mean, I mean, yeah. I can I can give long RPGs the benefit of the doubt. You know, I know they might be slow going at first but if you don't grab me within like the first i don't know hour or at least like two hours and i'm, I'm out like i'm just like uh, i think i feel like this. p5 could do yeah that p5 too, could do that i mean you've got really royal yeah. coming up soon so maybe that's the one mm -hmm. yeah. i would say with like persona because yeah. that was like totally my like entry to uh jrpgs mm -hmm. like I've, i played a couple but i was like nah, i don't know if jrpgs are for me and then like persona 4 was the game that was mm -hmm. like oh okay this is mm -hmm. what a jrpg can be and even though it's like those games um like the mechanics of those games take like maybe like a good 10 hours to really get into the groove. Mm. At least for mm -hmm. me, like it was like the story was like immediately grabbed me. And it's like, that's the huh. thing that's like gonna, gonna get you. Even though when, when I feel like when people say it takes like 10 hours for like persona five or persona four to pick up, they really yeah. mean like to get into the rhythm of like doing the dungeons and the day to day structure, like the right. actual story stuff. Like from mm -hmm. the get go, I was pretty invested in that. Yeah. I mean, some, some of the stuff you do in it I, it's kind of it was really like people have been told me hey you know you can you, you go to school and you get a job you get a job and you talk you know it's like that sounds kind of interesting that sounds neat i mean yeah i just don't i don't know it's maybe one day i'll what i will say about games like persona i think that the yeah. the factor for me is that it's uh, at least three four and five do an incredible job of humanizing its cast mm -hmm. and i think that by, by the time you wrap up those games you learn a lot about not just the characters, but they are also vessels for teaching you or kind of communicating the overall message of the game. And I think that's when, like, once you take that all in and you start to get attached to the cast early on and then see their stories through and how they conclude, I think that yeah. Persona, at least for me, is the most human stories that I've been able to engage with in games. I think for me, that's that's the big payoff. I love RPGs. I love turn-based combat and basically yeah. playing them as if they were puzzles and stuff. Because uh, I've been playing JRPGs since I was a kid. But uh, there's something about there's a human element to Persona that I think mm. is what grabs people and certainly grabbed me. So you mm. know, this much that, sense. That actually, I mean, that sounds really enticing because uh, like what you said about the human aspect of the characters because i mean that's kind of that's why i gravitate towards you know mass effect or you know right. bioware mm. rpgs or you know the witcher or anything because i i fall in love with those characters so much um so i mean if oh, five, boy. oh boy <laughs> yeah, oh boy oh there's some it. characters in there that yeah. you'll be like Ooh, i'm obsessed yeah once once you get it when you get into it not if but when you get into yeah. it at us yeah you know yeah <laughs> I, I feel like the, the the other thing about persona 5 is there's there's few games that have mechanics that kind of feed into each other right. and mesh and have a symbiotic relationship as seamlessly and as to to as satisfying an effect as that so they have that everyone talks about oh you go to dungeons and you have this social element where you go to mm -hmm. school and you answer questions and then you hang out with your friends but mm -hmm. When people discuss that, it's often like it feels like they discuss it almost in isolation and a lot of people won't say, but the f the thing is every part of that benefits the part next to it on both mm. sides. Yeah. So like going to school raises your stats, which, you know, you you can put to use in a dungeon. And when you're in a right. dungeon, you're with these people that you grow with so that impacts your friendship outside of school and outside of this dungeon. And then it all kind of feeds back into each other. And it's... It's one of those, that's that's why you get lost yeah. in that game. It's like, it's hard to break out of that loop. 
It is it is yeah. the best realization of the power of friendship, and that's what anime is all about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it really is. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So yeah, maybe one day. Yeah, it's, that's yeah. You guys, yeah, yeah. You convinced me. All right. yes. Yeah, hell yeah. This is what happens. <laughs> when, uh, that's really why we got you in here, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah. this is what happens when Jake's gotta out get here. a play persona. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right. So we'll clear that backlog. Yeah. Oh damn. <laughs> Let's move on yeah. to what we've actually been playing instead of what. Uh, Nate should theoretically be playing. <laughs> um, so let's start with Michael. Oh, you're going to start with me? Yeah. Are you sure about you, that? I saw you reaching for the drink and I was like, I'm going to get him. All right. I'll try to be quick about it. You yeah. know, I can go on for quite some time, but I want to get the quick, th quick things out of the way. I started The Outer Worlds not too, not too long ago. Oh, actually over the weekend. Oh, damn. It's Wednesday right now. Uh, I did start The Outer Worlds and... You know, going into this, I know that this is my bread and butter because of, I mean, I'll just say it, Fallout New Vegas is one of my favorite games of all time. Mm -hmm. and Hell yes. Yeah, hey, shouts out to yeah. New Vegas. And yeah. obviously everything you see, I've seen and heard about the Outer Worlds is like, okay, this is the next step in that direction because also it's Obsidian. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm getting my feet wet. I'm only like two, three hours into it. I'm at Edgewater making the decisions about what to do. Uh, with like who I'm gonna I, I obviously see where that this early threat is going in terms of like okay who are you gonna give um, the benefits to or like who are you gonna essentially align with early on that first choice is tough is it yeah the thing with Edgewater and yeah, uh, the power regulators there is no it, it does that brilliant thing that I think like all good uh, Western RPGs do or RPGs in general with choices where you do not feel good about any decision. Like when I made that choice sure. at the end, yeah. I felt terrible. And I was like, well, let me look up what yeah. the other choice is. And I was like, nope. I like that. It's bad either way. I like the the not so clear, um, you know, morality choices uh, in those sorts of games, especially uh, with, you know, Obsidian is very smart about uh, delegating consequences uh, throughout its decisions in mm -hmm. its games. What I will say that I, f uh, at least in, you know, I'm early, but I feel like it, it, all of it happened very fast. Uh, like, I crashed land on this planet after being cryogenically frozen, and I am in the thick of things within an hour, and I'm talking to the head of Edgewater, and he's like, I got a task for you. Also, here's Parvati. So, uh, I mean, it's, uh -huh. I'm like, uh, I don't... And it kind of goes back to what we were talking about like, oh, with... I just woke up, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, oh, shit, I, I know how to do everything in this world. Um, but it, it goes back to what we were talking about a little bit earlier about slow starts. I... I think playing the Outer Worlds just this weekend, I've kind of realized that I appreciate slow starts that uh, are for a purpose because I want to at least get in tune with what's what in the world, whereas Outer Worlds just like thrusts you into it uh, straight up. I know a lot of people will appreciate that though, and I see the value in that. Like, let's just get this ball rolling. I, I think once you leave Edgewater, it slows down a little mm. bit. There's and then you can settle. You once you're like, okay, I got my ship, I can go around. You go to this uh space station called the Groundbreaker, and that's where it really gets into like it, it's a small space station, but it's just dense and filled with all these characters. And, and you're like, I'm gonna go just talk to everyone for a couple hours, and that's when it it really started to feel like um like a Bioware game okay, more yeah. to me. Ooh. Uh, yeah. yeah, like that's where <laughs> that's you where said, you said the magic word <laughs> exactly. Like, I was getting really strong. Uh, Mass Effect, mm -hmm. KOTOR vibes where you're like, I got a ship, Ooh. I got party members, I can talk to these party members, they have side quests for me, yeah. like, I think, Ooh, uh, yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> uh, we're speaking Shinobi's <laughs> language, or, well, Nate's not language here. out here. Not here. <laughs> like, it, it, it totally shares the, uh, the Fallout New Vegas, I think, in terms of, uh, like, the combat and, and the first person, the way you can 
kill anyone or kind of like you know hack stuff I, yeah I, the, fl the flexibility, the of, flexibility. New of new vegas is the, the thing that attracted me because totally. especially when you go to fallout 4 i'm like it feels a little lot more on rails and yeah. not a big fan of that but, so, so you know. it's got that flexibility of like a new vegas but That's i think cool. it's got a lot of the structure of a bioware game and yeah. bioware games never mm. had that flexibility of like you can never mm. kill anyone in like mass vector kotor so mm. i kind of feel like yeah. it's almost this like perfect fusion of those two where yeah, you're like awesome. i get the party members i get the ship i get the great dialogue and then you get like all the flexibility yeah. in, in combat and, and exploration it's yeah. i love that game that the, game is fantastic yeah. Yeah. the writing is yeah, i'm definitely i'm definitely picking it up i just it's a matter of time mm. it's a matter of when i could play it um but i think the only thing that was like kind of made me sad was uh when obsidian was like no no romances and like the hopeless romance <laughs> like, no, I, I like my sloppy romance it's, it's <laughs> weird because i've i i kind of it, it it's that weird thing where so um in dragon age inquisition yeah um mm. I did not care about the romances. I went, I didn't go into it yeah. thinking ro like I'm going to romance someone in the same way yeah. I did with like um, Mass Effect. But then right. I ran into lead scout Harding. Ooh, Ooh yeah. yeah. He's just very, very, very charming. And like, she's not romanceable. And they're hitting off limits. No. <laughs> but she's like, because of that, I like, she's as a character, she stands out. And you and you knew like Bioware knew because there was like some set, yes. some lines you could ask her and like hey you know like how you doing you know and it's kind of like oh exactly. you guys know we we want this <laughs> and like yeah that's it that's it it's like the uh, like the forbidden romance part of it oh the forbidden like, fruit yeah I was just like oh man <laughs> <laughs> so this game kind of has it as well where you With can Parvati yeah like, Parvati I, you can talk to her and be like hey like I I like you and she's like mm, nah see that's mm -mm. that's what I feel like this this romance is built on in this game like it's the romance you can't have like because i feel like mm -hmm. it's it's just building up that that kind of like love and that tension you have with this character but you'll never be able to like and i mm -hmm. kind of like that because the mass effect romances are good right mm -hmm. they're, yeah. they're they're interesting up until that point but they always inevitably culminate in these yeah in this moment where you kind of the the investment that you have in a character and the way that you hu humanize the character and actualize the character in your head is lost because mm -hmm. the the act of like romancing or like let's just say like, it's like having it's sex game. having sex with the character Whoa. it looks yeah. it looks weird and awkward and it, you're like these are just two 3D models awkwardly bumping up against <laughs> each other <laughs> relax and, and yeah and it kind of like loses some of the magic in that final moment yeah right. I, I feel like they got better about it like um, mm. where, where they kind of realize people care more about just like the interactivity like that that final DLC the Citadel DLC has like yeah so many yeah. moments with True. your chosen romance that isn't even like sex related at all it's just it's yeah. just having yeah. moments with i feel them. like this is the romance in this game is built on flirting and the and yeah. the kind of like the investment that that leads you to and it's the same with like mm. persona right hey like, i was just about to say like the thing about persona is that the the romance uh the ends to the romancing routes are about how the two characters help each other be better people mm. and that's kind of the overall like conclusion like that's not spoiling what the romances are but that's the foundation in which they're built on. And that's like across the board what, what they are with social links. But mm. it obviously it's framed a little bit differently in persona. Like if I'm going to romance this person, the way in which we grow with each other or teach each other lessons is is different. But I mean, if you uh, in P5, if you romance everyone, you're going to face the consequences. Is oh, what yeah. I'll say. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. But like the, the, the overall threads in romance in persona in particular are a lot more about, you know, 
our connection and what we can learn from each other. So, and, and there is a bit of that in the outer worlds. Like you sure, grow okay. together instead of just like I am. I am selecting options that feel good in the moment, and they are characterizing it. But the ultimate goal mm-hmm. is we're gonna bone. Yeah, Whoa, we're smash. Gonna, we're gonna smash. <laughs> Gotta wait for outer worlds too. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I like that one of Pravardi's yeah. uh, main like side uh, narratives is that you're actually helping her romance somebody else. Yes, and you're like encouraging oh, her kind of oh, like wingman choosing yeah you're being a wingman yeah. and you're kind of choosing like how you think she should approach it and and i thought that was cool because it, it's the same effect as a romance but kind of like a different angle where you're like yeah, i'm sure. here to help this other character find love um, nate nate have yeah. we convinced you to jump on this one as well oh oh you didn't i didn't even need convincing <laughs> yeah i don't think you needed convincing I, 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 as soon as i read as soon as i heard uh you know fallout new vegas meets mass effect i was like oh, yeah right. there our, our ultimate goal is to make you spend a crap ton of money on games. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's working. Yeah, uh, I guess we should. I should move on to my other games I want to talk about before I take up too much of y'all's time. Uh, Red Dead Two PC. Jean Luc and I kind of covered that oh, yeah. a little bit. Uh, Red Dead turns out it's a superb game still. Looks amazing unless you're watching potato mode, which you should. In which case, it looks like potato. Yeah, that, that's. Oh man, I'm glad we got Joey back for that. And he was on last episode as mm-hmm. well. So shouts out to Joey. Uh, but yeah, Red Dead 2 looks amazing on PC. It's uh, It runs fairly well if you have high-end specs and if you can run it at all. I know people are still running into issues with getting the game booted and having it run stably without crashing. I understand that those are concerns out there. Uh, I was able to work around that and once I was and jumping into Red Dead 2, I just I, I like that game a lot because it's so uh, relaxing. It kind of, I feel like it's like Death Stranding and Red Dead Redemption 2 are hitting the same notes in some ways for me and where mm-hmm. I am consuming the the vastness of its open world as I go from two like point A to point B so a lot of that game has to do with your relationship with the environment and yeah. I think that's really special and it's a very hard thing to do because I mean it, if you pitch someone on like hey you're gonna be horseback riding from point A to point B most of the time especially in like a large portion of the game you'd be like oh, I don't know if I want to play that but for me, I think that's uh, that's a really cool thing that you know it's hard to nail. So when it does, it's nice. Yeah, yeah, it was my game of the year last year. So I mean, I definitely definitely agree with you there. Yeah, it was also Gamespot's game of the year. It was <laughs> oh. last year. Yeah, your your Death Stranding comparison has just made me think about Sam Paul Bridges walking around going, "What about the money?" <laughs> <laughs> hey, you want to take Die Hard? Just Die Hard. Die, Die Hard. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Die Hard may want to go to Tahiti. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe that's uh, that's that's the America that they're working for. Uh, who knows? Oh, gosh. Uh, but yeah, Red Dead Two PC is dope. Uh, if you can get it running, so good luck to y'all if you don't have that. Um, mm. I think the big thing I want to talk about is Final Fantasy Fourteen Shadowbringers. <laughs> uh, right, I mean, right. I mean, like l- 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 let's keep it real. Like uh, Final Fantasy Fourteen has become one of the most important games like I've ever played. And last time I was on this podcast, I talked about how I was in the m- middle of Stormblood and how its story revolved around. Uh, different different cultures and you know people rebelling against oppressive uh, governments or you know what what it takes to uh, to start a revolution in a very earnest fashion at least throughout Stormblood and you know uh, showing that it's not as simple as rallying the troops or telling people that you need to fight for what's right it's a lot more complicated than that and Stormblood hit those notes Shadowbringers is different in the sense that now it's about it's very focused on the characters and for an mmorpg to make you care about its characters so strongly is a feat within itself but i also play shadowbringers or final fantasy 14 a lot as a traditional jrpg because its story is so strong 
and it's the strongest it's ever been in the Shadowbringers expansion pack. And I'm, I'm very much towards the end, and I haven't. I understand that the very end of this game has a, I guess, a twist, or it recontextualizes all of Final Fantasy XIV and its last moments. I understand that that's there. I'm not sure what the what that consists of, but I'm so damn excited to get to that part because I'm almost there. And for a game that I care as much about as Final Fantasy XIV to get to that moment is, I'm just waiting. I'm waiting till next weekend because I don't want to. I just want to do it all in one sitting and I don't want to worry about like, Hey, sh- it's 3 AM. I got to go to sleep to get to work the next morning. Mm. So Friday night or Saturday night, you can find me on Twitter going ham about, uh, Cause man, I love that game so much. Uh, it's, it's more than an expansion pack, man. Like I've put, they, they, and they brought it back from the brink, right? I mean, like, yeah, that was, that's the story. Wow. That's the story of uh final fantasy 14 wow. and like two, because Good for them yeah shouts out to naki yoshida like uh, i talked to him yeah. a lot and i've like heard this his story about how he him and his team kind of rallied that game back to a playable state after its initial launch and the thing too is that throughout the game especially in Shadowbringers, is that they always loop back to its original lore like it never forgets about its past and it uses that as a platform to continue to tell its story and it's very it's it's strong it's it's not just like hey remember that one thing that happened back in the first game or even in the 1.0 release uh it's they don't forget about that they use all of that stuff to kind of make the powerful moments much more stronger wait how does that work is are you saying that the original release for final fantasy 14's like part of the yeah that's that's lore yeah yeah. like the the development uh, the hectic development of 1.0, the original release, going into A Realm Reborn, which is the relaunch, that's all part of the lore. They made that part of the story? Yeah. Oh, shit. I had no idea. That's yeah. actually really cool. And a, there's a lot of parallels to what they went through as a development studio shows through in the story itself. So it's like, oh, we are essentially writing a story about our time developing this game. And, oh, man, I just... It is, is this another th- game that's hard to recommend because I want to tell the world I, I am telling the world about this game. I told Tam about it, too I got I got done dirty Square <laughs> Enix, man. Yeah, that's that's another thing But like that's another one game like hey you want to play 50 60 hours of the base game and then you'll get to the, like the best stuff That's what I'm saying. I was I was 30 hours <laughs> in then I moved country and got locked out of my account Yeah, but I mean, I don't I don't want to like go on too long is, about uh, it. But. Is Is that uh also, um, Ishikawa. Uh, Natsuko Ishikawa. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. This is this is her joint. And like, real quick, like, I've tweeted about this before, but I went to the Pax West Pax West panel just this year. Uh, I went to the Shadowbringers panel, and as soon as she introduced herself, like, oh, I'm the lead writer for uh, Shadowbringers, and I worked on Stormblood. Everyone rose to their feet, standing standing ovation yeah. she all was, around. Like, brought to tears, wasn't she? Yeah, and uh, it was wild because it's. And just that that moment being there kind of speaks to not just how I'm connecting with the game, but how everyone else who plays this game is connecting. Because it's not just like an MMO that I'm going to grind in that can do dope raids and dungeon crawls through. It's there's there's a very earnest story that's written incredibly well that ham- like it goes for certain themes and knocks them out of the park consistently. And uh, mm-hmm. man, I can't say enough good things about Final Fantasy 14. That's great. Yeah. That's great to hear. I don't, I don't really dabble much in Final Fantasy except for a few, but like, I mean, it's great to to hear like a game mean so much to so many people, you know, I mean, that's, 
Yeah. It's a good thing to hear. Yeah. All right. And uh, one more thing before I move on to someone else. I'm still playing Hatsune Miku Project Diva Future Tone. Shouts out to Miku. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, was that one title? That was a game. <laughs> yeah, that 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 is that is without the Wait, shouts out to me. Several games. <laughs> that that is one. That is one game. Wow. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I find a lot of comfort in rhythm games, and Miku is uh, that's my girl. I think she's everyone's girl. Look, if you if you give her the opportunity, let's let's not let's not talk about this. Um, <laughs> Nate, uh, what have you been playing? Uh, yeah, uh, let's see. So I just wrapped up uh, Greedfall a few days ago. Um, I actually really uh, liked it, uh, surprisingly. I, I played um, some of Spider's older games, and um, they left a lot to be desired. Hmm. Um, but there, there's... Obvi- I don't know if you guys have played Greedfall at all. Has anyone, anyone you guys played it? Or? I know Jake did, and we talked a little bit about it last yeah, time I was okay. on. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, since we're talking about RPGs, I mean, there's obviously... Um, you know, cut corners everywhere. You can tell, but you can tell like the spider team had to work around budget and resources. But um, I think like within that framework, they did a, a great job making um, like a more traditional RPG experience with, uh, you know, character creation and customization and speed checks and stuff, uh, stuff like that. But it, it reminded me a lot of older Bioware games. And I, yeah. you know, and nowadays Ooh. I miss that a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, so, that's what a lot of people uh, I, have been saying, yeah. Yeah, to be uh, if I could sum it up, I I would say like it kind of felt like uh, if The Witcher and Dragon Age had a baby on a smaller budget, you get Greedfall. <laughs> um, yeah, I, mean, I think that's perfect. Uh, how do you feel about how it it, uh, it tackles its themes? Because I know it goes for a certain certain story yeah, type, but uh, I, yeah, there's I mean like yeah, so like the the gist of it is um, so like from where you where you're from, the protagonist, um, the land that you're from, they're like overrun by this disease, like a plague. Uh, called the Malachorn. Like you, you have to go to this island that has its own native population and in search of a cure. And there's already um, there's already like other nations that have kind of colonized it too. And they're also like like the nation that you're from. You're allied with those nations, so it's kind of like there's this political game. Like you have to juggle um, between like trying to make nice with the natives and also not. Uh, you know, open up war with your allies. Sure, yeah. Um, yeah, but I, th- I think it does a pretty good job. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't, um, it doesn't shy away from showing, I guess, um, the evil of what colonization is. Um, it, it definitely shows that, and you can, you have a hand in uh, changing, cor- changing that course and affecting the outcome of a lot of things um, with the natives. And I mean, you can take sides with them a lot and kind of, um, you know, affect uh, the way the natives and the the outsiders interact and stuff. So, I mean, I think it does. I think it does a good job with those themes. Um, it doesn't. Uh, um, it, you know, it it take it does it maturely. I would say so. You know, okay. I, I liked it. Cool. Um, yeah, and and I guess uh, second game. Let's see. I'm thinking of second game. Uh, I'm also playing uh, in the middle of playing uh, Yakuza Kiwami Two. <gasps> Yes, loving it. You've said some words. Now, stir. Just, just in the yeah. same way that we said some words about, you know, outer worlds yeah. and how that clicked with you. <laughs> Boy, who, you said who the keyword you right now. You, Nate, you're touching all of you. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> no, you, I know Yakuza is so good. Like I, I got, I first got into the series with um, Yakuza Zero a couple years same. ago. I never played it. Yeah, I never played it on PS3 or PS2. Um, so I played Damn. Yakuza Zero a couple years ago uh, for the first time. Loved it. I mean, like I felt it was in my top ten that year. I loved it. Hell yeah! Um, and then yeah, and then I played the first Kiwami game uh, last year. 
So uh, I just I just love like the mobster stories that the series tells and the way it the way it blends like silly crude humor with more serious themes and it's all like so over the top and the way they deliver it I just I love it uh, oh it's hilarious yeah, and yeah I love Kiryu and just the yeah, way like uh, yeah like I, I usually I usually um, I usually don't not that I have any problem with like playing games in a foreign language but I usually don't I usually if there's a choice. For example, uh, Metro. You know, like I, usually, I like to play in English because I just—it's easier for me to just turn my brain off from reading subtitles and stuff. You sure, know, yeah. so. Mm. But with Kiwami, like Yakuza, I don't mind it at all for some reason. Like I just—I can keep track of the subtitles, and I, I just love the way these Japanese actors like deliver their lines. Yeah, and it's just hilarious. That, yeah. I love it. that's that's a huge uh, part of that game is is yeah. the attitude that you feel in the voice acting and in the yeah. the way the scenes are cut and it it, mm-hmm. it the the, the like all of that feeds into you understanding who these characters are, and and yeah, and uh, I'm sorry, I just, I'm sorry, I have to just say like you know uh, another thing I adore about it is the way uh, you know there's conversations going on or like conflicts or, or you know people talk conversation you know people talking and it's like almost every single one ends up in a fight. It's like you know what, let's <laughs> just fight. Yeah, let's just fight, man. I'm sorry, and, and then when the fight is done, you're like, you know what. I, I learned something from you, Kiryu. Like I'm yeah, glad I'm glad exactly. you beat my ass. <laughs> and every you conversation, me the error in my ways. Exactly. <laughs> every conversation has at least one nanny. Nanny. Yeah. <laughs> that's, oh, uh, that's, damn. That's that, so that's good. that's cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. John Luke and I both are huge. Got huge yeah, into Yakuza. I, yeah. I, play, awesome. I played it. I started on the PS2 era. Damn, you an OG, OG Yakuza fan. I like went. I went back to the PS2. Those games, (laughs) me too. They have not aged well at all. No, well, depends on who you ask. I would agree. I was surprised how good the cutscenes actually were. Yes, yes. I played Kiwami. I played the original Yakuza 2 on PS2, and I was like, dude, these cutscenes for a PS2 game are looking like put a lot of work into it. Yeah, they look really good. The localization uh, back then. Was, Ooh. Yeah, that's a little rougher. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the, I'm, it's been like those, those, that was, uh, I played those games when I was like in the really thick of finding obscure franchises to mm-hmm. really be like hang, hang on with and, and kind of really get into. And Yakuza was one of them and I got super into them. But yeah. it kind of like fell off for a long time and it never, that franchise never really picked up until very recently. Like I feel like Zero Onwards is when yeah. I was, when it started yeah. really popping. Yeah. And it's and been amazing yeah. to yeah. see it kind of. Yeah, that's when it got ma- like mass yeah. appeal. And, and then I, like people like. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah. that's when I heard about it. Yeah, I mean. Exa- yeah. yeah, I mean, that's the same for I, me I and Jean-Luc. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, it's just like, it's, it's been so amazing to see like. Kiryu and Majima getting the love <laughs> that I've, they so yeah. deserve as yeah. characters. It's really funny. I feel like it was this perfect storm where with Zero, that was like, I think the first time they really like their new localization team was like in full force. So yes. you had the like really strong localization. It's probably the most um, it, it's, like wackiest of the Yakuza yeah. in, in mm-hmm. some way. And it it was actually like Twitter where I feel like it kind of blew up. Like it was people word of mouth spread like about word it. of mouth of sharing, like all these, like, Hey, you can get a chicken as a manager and you can like go bowling and you can go hang out with this person. And then you go do karaoke and you're doing like disco and but also Michael try- Jackson's in the game. <laughs> you know, like, like people are just Miracle sharing Johnson. this stuff. Miracle, yeah, Miracle Johnson. Johnson. Uh, what's the Steven Spielberg? It's like, uh, like, uh, it's like Scott's, 
spining or something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But, but just it's, like, it yeah. was this perfect storm of, uh, I feel like. Libido man. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah exactly. Shouts out to libido yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> the, the word of mouth uh, picking up and like just seeing it on Twitter and everyone yeah. being like, dude, what is this? Like, uh, that's cool. Man. Yeah. Like, Stephen yeah. spinning. Stephen spinning. <laughs> yeah. Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It just sucks that it just sucks like Yakuza 6 came out. I think it was like last year, and I was like, no, I got to play three and four and five and two first. I can't wait. Yeah. That is exactly what Jean Luc and I did. I, I, yeah. I literally played from zero to six in, in one year. In one year. Same. Yeah. So wow. I played seven, seven Yakuza yeah. games. Jean Luc and I are on the same page. We had to give up on so many other games that year. It's like, nah, I'm not going to play the biggest games of 2018 because <laughs> I am playing the entire Yakuza yeah. series and I'm pulling out an old ass PS3 to play three, four, and five before, you know. And I kept thinking, See, like, I would have done that, but they said, I mean, they said that they're remastering three, four, and five like right now. So I was yeah, like, okay, well, three right, and yeah, four is just, available now. I'll and, just uh, hold out. Oh, it, three and four, they're out. Three, they're yeah. out now? Yeah, yeah, yeah three yeah. and four. And oh, it, it's, hell yes. it's probably better that you wait it honestly because you're getting yeah. um the improved localization they actually like went yeah. back and cleaned that stuff up they mm -hmm. put like with three specifically it had a pretty big controversy yeah. where it was missing uh certain gameplay stuff there's uh the hostess minigame stuff was taken out and then there was like a, huh. a, a trivia game in like the arcades that was like mm -hmm. japanese themed trivia and they took that out because they're like mm -hmm. people in the west won't understand this we're gonna take that take that stuff out um so they actually put all of that back in so for the first time you're getting like the, the full Yakuza three experience with a with an improved translation. Three is the one with the lady on the bicycle who does a front flip yep. because yes. she's so distracted by how beautiful this Kiryu one is. Or, no, it's like this <laughs> other guy, and like, Kiryu's there on his phone. Oh like, yeah, he's, he's filming it, and she like crashes into, it and she's the entire time the noise she makes, like, and then he and then he makes a and makes a tweet about it on his phone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is all to say, Nate. You are in for a treat if you stick with the series. Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, I will. I absolutely will. Like I've been loving it. Um, <laughs> I, I, like I, so far, I'm, I'm. I would say I'm about like ten hours into Koami Two. Um, I would say, I would say zero so far is, is my favorite. I mean, that was. Mm. Yeah. I don't know the way. I don't know. I just I loved zero more than anything. Yeah, yeah more that, than the other two so far. So I, I would say the know? same. Like playing all of them. Yeah. Like zero ended up still probably being my favorite yeah and, and I, maybe yeah. that's because it was the first one but it, it felt it was just such a perfect mixture of the wacky it, it was and, and it, it kind of felt yeah and the story i, I mean kind of uh, compared to kwami one and two like the story felt like more sinister to me i don't know like it was very like mafia-esque and I was it like, was is, yeah. yeah yeah like i mean and like uh, majima was still was still like his normal self you know right so, yeah <laughs> I just I still remember like a scene stood out to me in it where I think Majima was like walking along the riverbank or something and there was like I mean you just see like people watching him. Uh mm. yep. there was like a, there was like a, some agent like watching him yeah. and, and it, like a, <laughs> a window, another one was like on a boat going down the river, like looking at him just and like yeah. this ominous music, and he was like, What the f what the hell is going on? You yeah. know, and I was just yeah. like, This is awesome. Yeah, uh, I definitely feel yeah, you I love on that. that. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think that uh yeah, zero is definitely the highlight for me, but I also think that uh a close the very, very close second is yakuza 5 i know it's a lot to get there but i think we'll get there yeah five uh, what i will say about five real quick is that it it's incredible how it loops the past games into itself mm. it's not just like here here's a brand new story and then we're gonna go off in a different direction uh -huh. it kind of okay it, it's like okay now this is where we are now let's let's kind of rethink about everything that we've done with all of the characters and move them forward yeah. and I, I think five is definitely a standout for me but like i said it's, it's it'll take a lot to get there it's all good uh, yeah. yeah anything else nate 
Um, no, I think just those two. Um, also been dabbling in control a little bit. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I ran into some issues. I was playing it on PC. Um, mm. I ran into some issues that I, I kind of put on hold. It was like uh, something weird. Uh, like textures just were disappearing. It just wouldn't mm. load. And I'm like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I know it's not my hardware because I, I, I have a... I mean, I have like a 2070 and I have a, uh, I don't know if you guys know about hardware, you know. Oh, we do. do. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, 2070 um, and I have a a i7 7700K, you know, 16 gigs of RAM. So I know it's like, it's not my hardware. I don't know what's going on. Um, And people tell me like, oh, you know, just wait a little bit and the textures will load it. And and I sit there for five, 10 minutes and textures just were just absent. I'm like, what is happening? That's unfortunate. Yeah, Yeah, it was. So I was like, you know what, I'll just, uh, I might just. You know, Black Friday is around the corner. I might just pick it up, like on my Xbox One X or something. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I do. I, yeah, I, I loved it so far. I only played a couple hours, but uh, it yeah. was. I love Remedy. So yeah, I think uh, Control is definitely worth playing. It. it yeah. uh, one thing I'll say about it is that it. Uh, you get you get in and you you get out of the game. Like the game wraps up just before you kind of maybe Over get worn. Yeah, it definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's efficient. It's got one of my favorite good, good, guns yeah. of all time in it, the PS gun. Ooh, oh, he that, gonna, is, yeah. that is a satisfying oh, gun, isn't it? I'm, I'm playing it right now, actually. It's, it's one of the games that I'm like, I gotta play this before we get to our game of the year. Game of the year deliberations. Ooh, uh, yeah. And I think I actually am a just. I saw the 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 Pierce gun as an option, but I think I was just short a little bit of Ooh. material to make it. So that is that is a gun. That is a satisfying well, now gun. I'm excited. To shoot. That is that is a unit. Absolute unit of a gun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cool, Jean Luc. Yeah. Uh, I've been playing uh, a game that you've also been playing, mm-hmm. Cam, so I'm sure we can talk about it together. Uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, the the sure colon after colon Jedi. Colon after Jedi, uh, which hurts me every time <laughs> I see it. Uh, that game surprised me. I was not like negative on it, but just kind of indifferent. Mm. Everything I've seen about mm. the game so far, like I thought the E3 stuff was like kind of just okay and... Nothing. I, I feel like they haven't been marketing that game at all. No. Like I. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Haven't. I like forgot it was coming out. Um, it's kind of surprising coming from EA. I was like, yeah, I thought they would just plaster this everywhere. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm just, not. I'm not entirely sure you know. why that is. But. I don't know. I, hmm. I the conspiracy theorists would be like, uh, obviously, this the Star Wars gaming brand currently is tied up in <laughs> Battlefront and. There could no be way, something there, but like I, <laughs> I, I feel like that's too conspiratorial. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's something you said. Like, you definitely do get the sense whenever people hear the word Star Wars and EA, they just kind of groan at this point and mm. are kind of like, and and that's and true. To be honest, I have kind of been feeling that way too. Where like I, I don't really talk about it. I feel like I don't express it that much, but I, as a kid, like Star Wars was my everything. Mm. Like I grew up watching the movies it was like i think they were like literally the first movies i ever saw like mm. i don't i don't even remember the first time i watched them i just remember always having seen them as a kid because my mom just put them on mm. while i was like mm-hmm. two years old uh and like knights of the old republic is what got me into like bioware games and and Ooh, like so I, good th- that that era that golden era where like the movies were terrible but the games were so so good mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. you know jedi knight and, and jedi academy and all that stuff yep. um and so, like recently, thirteen, thirteen, thirteen. Uh, yeah, oh. <laughs> oh. R.I.P. That was the last, uh, the last one. Before. Well, did you I'm know? sorry, I had to. This, this feels <laughs> kind of. Jedi Fallen Order is not. I mean, all we have to go on is the trailer, right? And right. the the kind of information that was uh, kind yeah. of reported on in the aftermath of it being killed and the studio supposedly kind of, very uncharted like. Uh, yeah, and yeah. Jedi Fallen Order is 
quite uncharted like in a lot of regards yeah so um, my long-winded intro is to basically say i wasn't sure if i was into star wars games anymore and this game has proven to me like nope i was just waiting for <laughs> the right star wars one. game Aww. yeah because this game is like hitting all those star wars buttons i've been wanting um, so i, I like our, our review will now be by now be up um, yes on the site and that was reviewed by phil hornshaw um so you can go to gamespot.com to check out what what he thinks about it um so what we're saying here is entirely our own opinion yes i feel confident saying this is probably the best star wars game we've had in a long long time absolutely um perhaps since i don't know like old republic 2 yeah i mean like the force unleashed games were like fine okay okay the first force unleashed was like pretty pretty okay yeah this this game feels like oh this is this is this is what the potential is for star wars like this is a game that genuinely this is a game that you can wholeheartedly recommend to even a casual star wars fan and be like you'll get good star wars vibes out of this you'll enjoy it and also underneath it is a solid game underpinning it it's not perfect no it's not a lot of rough edges but really like what um so like it depends on who you're talking to right like i feel like mm-hmm. fundamentally i don't know if you agree jean luc there's rough edges in the technical performance of for, it. Sh- for sure mm-hmm. um, um and it's kinda, a beautiful I'm, game it is a beautiful game it's more like a couple weird stuttering issues yeah screen tearing popping. and like occasionally like t-poses you guys are playing on console or um ps4 pro yeah. for me i'm playing on PS4 pc pro. um okay i feel like i've heard the console issues were a little bit more yeah there's like PC. load times that are not egregious but like just long enough for you to be like mm, i wonder what's going on Twitter. Yeah. we should preface we've been playing <laughs> it before the game's out yeah so, so there, could there be... might be a day one patch or something that yeah. could hopefully iron that stuff yeah. out yeah but like those are small things that in the balance of thing are easy to forget about totally. really the right. rest of it is is good enough that it makes that stuff feel negligible um mm. and the other kind of rough edges for me are in i personally like this is this is a souls like in a lot of regards um not to undersell what it is because it is more than that as well there's i i, I hate the idea of reducing it to various other game names but sure to to make it easy on other people yes it's got souls mm-hmm. design yes it's got metroid design yes it's a bit uncharted um and in that souls element to it it's got the the kind of secure combat um where it's c- counter focused um i mean those are those are all great games to they are up, yeah in my opinion i mean shoot that's that's fine with me it's <laughs> yeah so so for me yeah. the the rough part of that is um that the counter doesn't feel as consistent for me like it doesn't mm. feel as sharp it doesn't feel like i've i can get to i'm not i'm having a rough time really figuring out what the window is yeah and i think part of it is because there's more of an animation to it like in 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 sekiro and you see okami like when he does a, a counter it's it's like a it's like a light punch in a street fight or any fighting game. You can consistently count on it and you know exactly this is when the frames are active. This is what happens. Um, if I jab at this point, I can anti-air, whatever it may be. It's got a fighting game level of reliability, consistency and and like understanding to it. Whereas this one, it doesn't feel like it has that because it seems like it prioritizes animation a lot yeah, like it sounds like it's playing a little loose with those those yeah. elements that you have to rely on to kind of mm. you know consistently play yeah. in a souls like so i guess game when you hit and, the counter uh, yeah 
I'm sorry, Timori, are you playing on normal or is it? So like, I'm playing uh, on the difficult difficulty just above normal. So there's two okay. above that. Yeah, Jedi Master. A, yeah, Jedi Master is what we're playing on. And mm-hmm. um, what I'm oh, playing okay. on. Are you playing on that? I'm playing on that as well. Yeah, and that's like, and it shows you, but it's got like bars which denote difficulty level and counter challenge timing and that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. It actually, it, mm-hmm. the parry window is different depending. Yeah, depending on, on your difficulty. difficulty. And it's not the window that I find kind of hard to get on. It's just like I'm thrown off by the fact that when you hit counter there's a very long-winded in the relatively long-winded con- in, in the context of what you're trying to achieve kind of like raising of a lightsaber animation yeah um and it's really like it throws you off you almost have to like preload your counter so that you know that all right there's going to be x amount of frames of him moving his arm up and then so like you have to like predict it's an, an additional layer of having to predict when to do your counter um, as opposed to just like being like I'm reacting on instinct or I know the timing of this. So I've I found like I can't consistently counter enemies right now. Yeah, um, I, I, like with Sekiro, I would say there was a like point halfway through the game. There was a certain boss that kind of forced me to mm. to figure it out. I so I beat the game earlier today, um, and I would still say it never quite felt as good as yeah. as a Sekiro, like you were saying. It, it kind of lacks that that certain level of, I don't know. Like, Shot, it's a sharp yeah. Combat, yeah. In terms of combat. In terms of combat. Yeah. Um, okay. And yeah. I, I would say the the only other, I don't want to be too negative. I want to get to the positives yeah. of the game. I don't want to sound like we're just, <laughs> this game's great, but also it's terrible. Mm. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, the I felt like the game's um never really worked for with me with multiple enemies with like groups of enemies yes there mm. the lightsaber combat feels very one-to-one and there are moments where there are so many enemies they're throwing at you in in so many directions you have like three guys coming at you with these like stun batons but you have like four dudes on this behind yeah. you with like guns and it never felt mm. like i was equipped to handle it in a way where i could come out of that fight clean without taking any damage yeah it doesn't did you like did you make use like good use of your like the force powers and everything that are yes i I would say that's sort of like the big thing that the game that kind of separates it is like you you do end up using the force powers a lot to like mitigate Mm -hmm. that like you can um like those guys who are shooting at you from the balcony you can actually pull them towards you and then do Mm -hmm. like an instant kill so Uh like kind of figuring out strategies like that is it does take a little while to get those powers though and in that in those in the time that it takes you to get there because it is like a metroidvania in that you're not just hitting points where you like the powers are tied to story moments right a lot of them like you're Mm -hmm. so in in the story context of the story cal custis is the main character is um escaped order 66 and effectively has a kind of loose kind of um tie to the force now and you have to rediscover it Mm -hmm. um so he's almost like remembering abilities um which is an interest they make that conceit work but it means in the early hours you don't have a lot of the jedi uh, force abilities and the to kind of add on to what jean-luc was saying there one of the other things that um I find isn't as uh, elegantly executed as something like a from game is the actual construction of the enemy mobs that you're fighting. Um, they don't feel as considered as they would in in a from game where the from like from's games like they look like they've just placed enemies almost seemingly at random, but there's they've clearly thought about how you're going to approach this and they want to challenge you in a very specific way. 
um, mm. especially Sekiro. Like the enemy, the makeup of enemy mobs, they'll they they're very considered and calculated to to challenge your uh, mastery and your understanding of the mechanics in a specific way. Um, whereas in this, it feels I, I'm not saying this is what they did, but the end result is that it feels like almost like a pick and mix grab bag of enemies that are like pulled out and then just almost just scattered across in this in an area yeah. it's not like oh we've picked this specific enemy to kind of challenge their the player's ability to crowd control and then we've picked this specific enemy to um fire from a range so that we can challenge the, at the same time the ability to have spatial awareness and move around so you're not getting shot it just feels like we're gonna put two of these guys shooting from the far we're gonna chuck a few of these guys and they all come at you together and skirmishes inevitably like for me at least in the early stages, devolving to just yeah. real wacky sword swing. So I will say, I feel like that gets better as the game mm. goes on, which is also when you start to get more of the powers and abilities, and it feels like, sure. like when you're at the end of that game, that's when it feels like, oh, okay, like I have everything at my disposal. I have all these options for crowd control. The enemy plays a, a lot better. I'm a Jedi yeah. Master now. That's when yeah. it feels like this is like what they were going for mm -hmm. it, it mm -hmm. but it does feel like in the early hours um mm -hmm. it's yeah like there's just things missing where, where it feels like they're yeah. it's not quite clicking but it it's still really good it's still like despite that it's still compelling <laughs> I'm, yeah because yeah, I'm, I'm curious about like all the other stuff you know like how is uh like how many planets are there i, I saw that there's conversation wheels you can have you can talk to your crew i yeah. mean you can uh yeah there's like things off the beaten path that you can explore like side quests mm -hmm. like how is all that like I, I i like i love that kind of stuff um the, so the no. conversation stuff's more it's not like a mass effect or anything no. where you're like having right, conversations right. it's more that yeah. You use your ship to go from planet to planet, and then mm -hmm. in the ship you can talk to people. And, and in between each kind of major like story beat, they'll always have something new to say. And, mm -hmm. and sometimes it's related to the story. Sometimes you're just learning something about a, the character. I think the side characters in this game are fantastic. Like, nice. um, yeah, like uh, you, you, there's so I I think me and Tamor both agree. Uh, the BD one, your droid is maybe my new favorite yes. droid in all of Star Wars. <laughs> I, th I think it's, I like, I've never been a huge fan of the droid characters in any of the Star mm. Wars. Uh, BB-8 uh, just doesn't do anything for me, but this is <laughs> the first time where I understand why people get into the droids because BD-1 is phenomenal. It's cute. Like, it's yeah. very cute. And I was showing uh, Jean-Luc this the other day. Like, when you get in the ship and you pick a planet, you can walk into the cockpit where your pilot, Grease, is that his name? Yes. Um, who's basically like adult version of Stitch from Lilo and Stitch. <laughs> who's um, a gambler. <laughs> yeah, but like he pilots, he pilots, and you watch the ship take off and then like transition into space and then hit light speed. So like you can, oh, you get that cool. fantasy of moving off world and then going, and the entire time BD1's like just on the dashboard kind of looking around. And if you watch him for long enough or... I'm not gonna give BD one agenda, but like if you watch the if you watch the <laughs> bot for long enough, the the droid, it kind of like it scuttles over. It like looks over at Greece to see if Greece is looking, then looks over at you, and then quickly presses a button and then scampers <laughs> back away, like just that to see awesome. what happens. And it is yeah. the cutest animation. I, I had uh -huh. a thing happen today where you you can unlock um abilities to have BD one hack uh, droid enemies, mm. and I did it. And BD one like runs over and does it, and as he runs over, he he's starts playing like the Star Wars theme, like the Rebel theme. Oh. Like he goes like, 
but like it's his little beeps and stuff and i was like what like <laughs> he does that that's amazing there's all these little touches with yeah. bd1 and, and like, bd1 is like a utility utility as well so yeah it it, it you know it, it he'll, it'll jump onto zip lines to help you move around it will as you're moving through the environment it usually hangs or hangs on off your your on your shoulder like a droid parrot but um it will hop off and run to things that are air points of interest for you so that could be like oh there's there's something here for bd1 to scan and when you scan it yeah. you get a bit of lore um it will it will yeah. walk around and guide you towards things kind of like the fable dog almost yeah the the, the light on uh, bd1's back is like green and it'll actually change red when you're lower on health mm. just to, like you have a health bar but it kind of gives you like a, a quick visual indication of how you're doing like they they do a really good job endearing you to bd1 just through the gameplay mechanics alone yeah like you've you're like you are super useful it's, and then on top of that you're also charming as hell yeah, and it's it's got like the uh the health files so every time you need one cal kind of like snaps his fingers and asks for asks for it and bd1 will fire it out <laughs> for you to grab so it's like you're intrinsically you're being manipulated to rely on love this thing and i mean either way you will because it's just adorable so but good. um yeah the, the kind of the exploration part of it kind of factors into bd1 as well because bd1 is projecting your map which is very much i mean you can pretty much sum up the kind of exploration you can expect from uh, the game through describing the map as the map from Metroid Prime. Yeah. That's oh, that's good. what you're getting. I like that. So yeah, I like that. in the same way that you would explore the planets of Metroid Prime is what you can expect mm -hmm. to do in this. That means coming to a planet, there being a clear open path for you, but then you will notice things that you know, side paths, some of which you can go down and find something, others of which you'll go partially down and realize I can't do anything here. And then hours and hours later, you'll unlock a, an ability or uh, uh, get some sort of understanding. Um, and then you'll be like, oh, yeah. I remember this part of it. So, and, and it, I don't know how many planets there are, but you do come back to them repeatedly yes. um, for mm -hmm. various things. I, I, would, I, I won't spoil how many planets, yeah. but I would say it felt like a good amount um and, yeah, and a good variation yeah. like they all feel different they're different very of how big they are yeah. and and how intricate they are and so you guys would say you guys would say like fallen order probably could probably restore a lot of people's faith and oh the, you know we got a good star wars again you know basically absolutely, yeah, yeah that's I how mean, i felt yeah, yeah. and the yeah. other thing is like we haven't touched upon it. like the the exploration is done through uncharted style exploration like you're not mm, yeah. just because it is a souls game and a metroid game um it's not entirely like grounded in the same way you are clambering up walls you're wall running you are in mid-air force slowing things to slip through small gaps and yeah. solving puzzles you're, do you're doing like tombs and like temples yeah. at times um wow. zelda style kind yeah, of zelda like tomb raider ish yeah tomb raider of. style stuff and there's there's so much of it um that's one element that we have kind of just touched the other thing is the story is really good like i so far i'm oh i'm like quite john luke's finished it i'm i'm some of the way through it and very early on there's a moment um i i won't specifically kind of spoil it but it's, it involves your kind of first meeting with bd1 um and mm -hmm. Uh, I I kind of like got the got the droid, and in my mind I was like, okay, okay we're gonna have the Star Wars wipe into you know the next part of this game because BD One is now part of my squad or whatever. But instead mm -hmm. of doing that, like the game slowed way down. Cal kind of sat down and just like 
talk to BD1 for a second about the fact that the droid was now joining him and he had up until that point had lived quite a solitary life given his history and events and the way he has you know trust trusting other people and in that moment i was like oh they're actually thinking about the character here they're thinking about the smart way to characterize these these kind of like newcomers and and they're thinking about the pacing of the story and setting it up properly because there's you know you have uh, other characters who join you on your ship that you know they will allude to a history that they have, but they won't spell it out in that moment. Yeah. And that's that's your kind of clue to be like, oh, this is going to be a slow burn. I'm going to learn about this character over time, not just, you know, have this. Mm-hmm. This is this character, and then that's that person for that point, for the rest of the game. Um, and then stuff like the Force Echoes, where you walk around the world, and in the same way that Dark Souls delivers narrative and fleshes out its world through item descriptions, this game effectively allows you to interact with you know echoes of past and when you kind of touch it and interact with it using the force cal will kind of come to an understanding of what happened there and then say it out um and then you learn about the world through yeah. that and, and a lot of those echoes actually end up relating into the main story in, mm. in ways where it gives you just like greater context for what this character was like there there is um like without saying anything specific there is a specific plan i was on where there is a uh, you were kind of learning about this this uh, stranger who had like shown up on the planet, and, mm. you, and you're kind of learning like what happened, and you're like, oh, what happened with all this stuff? And then later, you actually like direct as part of the story directly, you you kind of discover who that stranger was, mm. um, and then like Cal even comments like, oh, you're that guy. Like yeah. he, he he specifically kind of referenced it, and it was like I now have a greater understanding of who this character was and what they did because of those those echoes and it, it wasn't something where you, you don't need it to to understand the mm. larger story but it, it kind of fills in those gaps and, and flushes out the world yeah and the other thing is like we, we talked about this a lot we have been talking about it and i'm desperately trying to find the time to do a feature on it but it just feels good to have a star wars game that's confident in its identity mm-hmm. and is like it feels good to just not have to, it, it's it i love the fact that it's just immune to all the the hand wringing and the and the kind of like self uh, assessment and yeah. of of the rest of the star wars franchise that is currently having where you know you have jj abrams start with this one type of star wars experience and yeah. then um, it, it, it separates itself from yeah. anything else that's star wars and i think that that's that's why you know jedi knight and why knights of the old republic were so special is because you know you can get everything that you want from star wars yeah. but not have to you know limit like the creators of those games didn't have to limit themselves by what's established Mm. in the episode like the movies Mm. um yeah so and what what you get is like a game that feels like it feels classically star wars almost archetypally star wars but you know it's it's not doing that thing where you know the rest of the star wars universe is currently unsure of its identity one creator has takes a movie in one direction the other creator picks up and takes it in the other and then the third one comes back and re- it's just hot it's whiplash with the rest of the star wars it, but this is it's like al- it's almost like this game like it shouldn't exist in a way it's like you know the a pure single player uh you know narrative strongly narrative driven mm-hmm. star wars game from ea <laughs> yeah, yeah. not a single loot box in there yeah that's that's not what a I was, single <laughs> that's yeah. what i was gonna say is like in the same way that it feels like it's a pure star wars game from a story perspective it's not a f- yeah. afraid of what it is this feels like a pure 
single player yeah. classic mm. video game. Like I, you yeah. turn it on, you play it, you turn it off. Like there's no store. Yeah. You you get collectibles, you get upgrades for I don't I don't there's no thing that says, Hey, do you want more lightsaber colors? We'll yeah. head on over to our, <laughs> our store page. Like none of that. I think I think like yeah. one of the and, and when I say this, it, some people like I want to qualify by saying this as like this is the most endearing thing that I can say about it. It feels like an Xbox three sixty PS three era game. Like the mm. kind of warm, comfortable feeling yeah. that you got from there. Like, you know, just it's a really well fleshed out game that feels familiar in a lot of ways, but has enough going to, for it to to kind of keep you interested, engaged, and even like to charm you and, and make you enjoy it. And it's just missing all of the modern kind of like complications of video games that there are. Like you're not yeah. going to get disconnected from servers. No one's going to try and stick their hands in your pocket and take a little bit more money. It's mm-hmm. just it's like, log into your account before yeah. you uh, start up so you can get none it. None of that. Yeah. Nope. It's just a good, clean fun well executed star wars game and more importantly it's just a fantastic kind of statement from respawn like yeah they did it again in the same year yeah i feel like uh they you know all the nitpicks we had as well Mm -hmm. like they they're the foundation's so good that if they do a sequel which i mean it's uh, called star wars jedi colon (laughs) <laughs> for a reason yeah like they could uh-huh. they could do another game in this in this style i feel like they could yeah. um really hone in on those specific elements yeah. that we we kind of had issue with and make something that is like truly special uh, yeah we described when we were talking about it earlier we said like um this is almost their assassin's creed one i mean it's a better game than assassin's creed one yeah. but i mean that in the way that the follow-up could be one of the best games ever like that's how i yeah. feel about it like Ooh, the foundation enticing, is yeah. so strong that I hope they get the chance. With a little, like, it just needs nips, tucks, and, and like, kind of, like, smoothing of edges, um, and yeah. a little more, like, refinement, maybe a layer of polish, and yeah. it would have been incredible. And I feel like if they get another chance to do it, they could really, really knock it out. I think, I think yeah, I think we'll probably, I mean, for you, everything you guys are saying, if it, I mean, if it does well financially, I, I would be hard pressed to think you know i mean their response ea is golden child right now they're they're just they can't do anything wrong right up till <laughs> yeah. now so yeah I'm, um, I'm hoping like the word of mouth like i feel like yeah. star wars fans will pick up on it and be like no this is actually really good yeah um, kind of my, my final yeah. thing to say about it would be that um to compare it to something else was uh i i grew up loving spider-man as mm-hmm. a kid and mm. eventually my love for spider-man kind of fell off um after the like Sp- probably around Spider-Man three, to be honest. Um, <laughs> one particular scene in Spider-Man. One particular 3. scene. Spider-Man, I was uh, like, that was it. I was like, oh, it's over. Uh, time to burn my Spider-Man comics. But um, <laughs> I've I've been enjoying like the the Tom Holland era of Spider-Man. I I've enjoyed those movies, but they've nothing about them has ever recaptured that love of Spider-Man for me. And I always thought, ah, maybe I'm just I've moved on from Spider-Man. Yeah. And it wasn't until mm-hmm. I played last year's. Spider-Man, the PS4, Marvel Spider-Man, that game mm-hmm. grabbed me in a way where I was like, oh, like, this is what I love about Spider-Man. And it, it, it like, reignited my love for Spider-Man as a character. And I feel like this game has yeah. done the same to me for Star Wars, mm-hmm. where I love Star Wars so much. But the recent movies have, I, they're good and I like them, but it, I was like, man, maybe I'm just, like not into star wars the way i was before and i played this and i was like yeah. this is what i've been wanting this is like recaptured mm. 
my love for Star Wars. Ah, so exciting. And like this being out and the Mandalorian being out like the same week. It's Mm. like I've I've suddenly my head is like filled with a love for Star Wars that I didn't think I was going to get at all. (laughs) And it's uh, it's really cool. It's really exciting. All right. Well, time to fill your head with some news. Ooh, I like that. Um, you can go to gamespot.com to get all your hottest news and also like reviews, features, any other sort of video game related words. Um, you may have noticed that we haven't talked about Pokemon. Um, or- that is a, a, a decision we chose because the review of it is up on the site. Um, and uh, that was reviewed by Callie, who is not here. She was playing it loads and Jake was also playing it loads. So... Um, we don't want to. We don't yeah. want to kind yeah. of talk about it. They are. They're We're, both a uh, Pokemaniacs. Yeah. We are going to save yeah. uh, that discussion for when our Pokemon mm-hmm. Masters uh, come back in. So that's Jake yeah. and Callie for uh, sure. That's their joint. But yeah, the video reviews up on site. The mm-hmm. text reviews on site. Uh, there's a lot more coming uh, this week too. Once mm-hmm. the game finally launches, I'm, and then I'm very excited to play yeah. it. Uh, I'm going to have a good opportunity to put a lot of time into my Switch. Yep. So same. I'm, <laughs> yes. yeah, we, we, we have the same opportunity, we have, we have the same opportunity where I'm going to have a lot of time to play my switch. And I'm like, this is so perfect. Yeah, I'm so very excited. Kelly gave it a nine out of 10. It's an excellent review. Um, really, really like I read that review and I was like, damn, I thought I was done, but I'm back. <laughs> uh, um, um, yeah. yeah. And, uh, there's various features around it going up as well. Give the review a read because it is great. Um, and you can look forward to Kelly and Jake talking about that game at length next week on the episode um but instead we're gonna turn to something we've already talked about but back in a different fashion persona 5 scramble shit yeah Um, this is you you can't stop us touching i mean i I was i was uh trying to scrub through uh, our coverage which is on gamespot.com which Mm -hmm. is a lot of stuff but i mean uh, other than announcing like it's that uh it got a was it did get a uh it got got a bunch of promotion for its Mm -hmm. japanese release uh, and obviously all that coverage is in Japanese uh, for the Japanese release. But I mean, there are various sources that cover these things. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I think that out of all the news where stuff, this is the most, the one I'm most familiar with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Persona 5 Scramble is, when it was first announced, it was, P5S was kind of the the mysterious like acronym for this thing. And people thought it was like, oh, Persona 5 Switch. Um, and then during Persona Super Live over in Japan, the live concert with all amazing music, they said uh, Persona 5 Scramble, which is made by uh, Omega Force and Koei Tecmo, mm-hmm. the makers of Dynasty Warriors they games. They finally did it. They're finally going to get me to play a Musou game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so at first people were kind of like, oh, well, okay. Um, we got a trailer, but we'd like to see more. Uh, that, that's how I felt. I don't know how other people feel about Musou games, but I, usually I don't gravitate towards them. Uh, but recently in the past week or t- and two, uh, we there's uh, there's been a lot more. There was a, a Japanese live stream that showed the game in action that dove into what the nature of this game is. And Persona 5 Scramble is a canonical continuation of that Persona 5 universe. Mm. And which is surprising because you uh, the first impression is like, oh, okay, they're going to convert it to a pretty standard action game. And then they're going to hit the right notes, bring in the characters you love and the places you like, the things that you're familiar with with Persona 5. And then that that's that. Atlas but, has a weird history of where, where they any any spin-off game that's persona related, they make it canon for better yeah. for better or for worse. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have a lot of feelings on that as someone who's played all of the Persona 4 yeah. spin-off games. Yep. Yeah. But uh, this one there it, it it looks like they're really going all in on this. Uh, and 
yeah, there's it's a continuation of the story, meaning it happens after the events of Persona Five. I don't not exactly sure how they're going to contextualize it uh, based on how P Five ended, mm-hmm. but it six months after the events of that game, you see uh, Makoto and Haru are in college because uh, they were seniors in P5 and then they're off to college which is uh, really cool to see everyone's got new outfits that's a big thing mm. everyone's wearing different clothes they look I was like oh damn they, they, they're, they're branching out in their own ways uh, because they are well at least my perception is that they're free from the burdens that surrounded them throughout Persona 5 and mm. it's uh, it's nice to see them to be a little bit more uh, to break free from that but yeah this is an action RPG so it's not just I'm wailing on crowds of you know shadows or whatever uh there's uh they are incorporating a lot of the rpg elements that you would expect from the franchise and you can call in and switch up uh who you're who you're playing as so you're not just playing as um as the main main uh protagonist joker joker and you can switch into play as other characters and there's a new character named sophie or uh sophia Okay. Uh, depending on uh, how you look at it, uh, but yeah, she's also uh, a part of the game. I think I read somewhere. I don't know if this was a mistranslation or anything, but she is a Moe version of Joker's phone or something like that. I don't know. If Excuse the, me. Yeah, I need Sorry, to. What? I need to. Um, that I I saw that somewhere and I was like, I am not gonna check fact check this because I already like it. <laughs> I don't want this to be not true. Um, but yeah, you, you do your own research into that, but that's what I'm running with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, there's a new character and she's gonna play a role in, you know, kind of the event, events that unfold. And there's also downtime in areas, familiar and new. Uh, you can see the gameplay clips where you are controlling Joker, like walking around in towns mm-hmm. and in areas as if it was the original RPG. Uh, I don't know what to what extent you're going to be able to engage with things there, but you know there there is that element in there. So you're not just like going from one stage to another, wailing on hordes of enemies. There's a lot more to it, and uh, yeah, there's going to be a lot more, like more dialogue. I'm assuming more character development, but the point being is that Persona Five Scrambled Phantom Strikers is not just a Dynasty Warriors adaptation of Persona Five. Uh, at least that's what it seems so far, and mm. it has me a hundred percent more excited than I was at the initial reveal. Um, it's coming next year in Japan, and I think that also later next year uh, in America or in the West. And uh, yeah, I just thought I'd uh, spread the good word out there because you know it's it's hard for mm. you know Western audiences to consume news that's strictly coming out of Japan. So uh, I am uh, I'm doing public service for uh, all PSA. my weebs out there. Yeah, yeah. thank you very much. Uh, yeah. We appreciate. That you're doing that for sure. us. Um, we are running low on time, so I'm going to speed through some news. Sure, oh, let's do it. Um, so, Stadia launch lineup has been detailed. Um, you can find that if you're interested in Stadia. Disney Plus launched um, slightly rocky. Mandalorian is okay-ish to start with. We got a review on site. I, I liked it. Yeah, I I definitely want it to see where it goes. Pick up, but mm-hmm. um, I thought it like it looked really good. I love the the like. It, it kind of harkens back to that Western mm. um, grungy aesthetic that like New Hope had um, in, I like in that. Like, on Tatooine. Mm. So I liked that part of it a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, so, I'm excited uh, so, to see where it goes. So I mean, I have a sign up for Disney Plus real quick. Like I do. Are the shows, I mean, do they come out like one episode at a time or is it like Netflix yeah. style where it's all just a whole load is Man- dropped on you? Mandalorian is definitely <laughs> when you said a whole load is dropped on you, Michael just rolled the back in a chair. <laughs> Wow. Um, uh, Mandalorian, at the very least, is uh, week by week, which yeah. is okay. bless Disney for that. Because one, I'm I, I just can't deal with entire dumps anymore. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up. That's And two, it, eases, it eases the burden on like the coverage, the, right? Yeah, on our on us, like the universe team yeah. are just like mindless. Uh, right, right. Yeah. I, I like looking forward yeah. to like, you know, hey, every Friday, watch an episode yeah. of Mandalorian. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. yeah, but yeah, that, that's it's a cool. digestible way to do it. Um, having cool, said yeah, that, I'm good. I'm looking forward to sitting down and binging the archive stuff because there's mad cartoons that make you feel old and I'm and they're like real bummed. Uh, me and my girlfriend, we're planning on binging Simpsons. We we were like we had a, a moment in the summer where we were like we should go, we should just binge Simpsons. Like we're ready, and then we're like oh, there's nowhere to watch it, and we're like well when Disney Plus comes we'll get it. That that uh aspect ratios aspect ratio change is. A uh-huh. real bummer. Nothing nothing sets me off more than uh, messing yeah. with, like, oh, we're just going to crop it in because it's widescreen. Because everyone, you know, that's just what people expect, widescreen. It's like you're ruining the jokes, you're mm. ruining the framing. It's, yeah. ugh. And this is something that has happened uh-huh. to Simpsons quite a few times. Um, yeah. I'm surprised that they haven't uh, kind of learned from their lessons, but... X-Men is fine, so I'm happy. <laughs> oh. Gargoyles oh, really? is Gargoyles. fine. Recess. Gargoyles. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen it, but I assume it's okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah, and then yeah. the final major news story is Sonic got redesigned. Oh. <laughs> He's uh, looking like Sonic now. He looks great is, now. He looks great. And uh, I think they had uh, one of the folks that worked on Sonic Mania get involved mm. and fix Sonic, he doesn't look yeah, like... Yeah, like the lead artist or something? Like yeah, the art director or and something. Yeah. it shows like he... It looks like old looks school great. Sonic. And like yeah. it matches the voice now. He doesn't look like Werehog Sonic anymore. Dude, that team just needs to make all Sonic things from now on. Yeah, I feel Sonic like... And, and, the, and the the trailer itself was much better. Like, I, I mean, I yeah, just Sonic. Like, yeah, it was... Yeah. The, the the like it looked like Green Hill Zone at points. Yeah. It had the like the yeah. checkered like uh, yellow. I didn't. Uh, I didn't mind the bits in the trailer. Yeah. Like I I just I didn't think that first trailer. Like a Sonic aside, I was just like ah, oh, kind of dumb. Mm. Not really. I, I mean, wa- yeah, watching like Sonic to Gangsters Paradise doesn't really. Doesn't really <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, uh, on paper, it sounds all right, yeah. <laughs> but on practice, it's and in this kinda... they had like uh, the Sonic like classic Sonic music yeah. remixed yeah. in it, yeah. like the the. Uh, Green Hill yeah. Zone, I think it was, um, remix yeah. in there. And uh, yeah, Robotnik looked good. And yeah, the bits looked all right. I'm like, you know what? This actually it's might actually be an all right okay. yeah. movie. The only thing yeah. I was like, perhaps there were too many of the jokes in there. I was like, just keep it short and sweet. That would have been or good. Or like, uh, hopefully that wasn't all the good jokes. Yeah. Um, right. But yeah, like Sonic looks good. Sonic is uh, Sonic movie. Sonic is uncancelled. I I, uh, <laughs> I posited this yesterday to some people. I want to do it with you guys. Mm. Okay. Post credit scene. Who do they introduce in this movie? Oh. Tails, Pikachu. Knuckles, Pikachu. Shadow. <laughs> Pikachu would be good. Smash Brothers Cinematic <laughs> Universe. I mean, that's a good joke, but I'm thinking like, do they put Shadow yes. in? Do I hope they shadow? don't do Shadow. Mm. I feel like Shadow it, would be cool. Yeah. I feel like it's got to be Knuckles. Knuckles it's got to be Knuckles. Knuckles. It's got to follow the same universe building as this franchise. Maybe Knuckles and Tails? I feel like, I feel like Knuckles appears and like attacks Sonic and then out from like just out of nowhere, Tails steps in to yeah. save Sonic, and it's like, oh, yeah. they're both there, <laughs> and then that's mm. how we build on it. Because because if you were if they were actually to follow Sonic l- lore canon, I don't know what mm. you call it, they would do like Knuckles would be the starting villain, but then the actual villain would be Metal Sonic. Yeah, Metal Sonic. So maybe Super Saiyan Sonic would yeah. be introduced in th- the third movie. 
Um, <laughs> or, yep. or it could be the original design of Sonic, and the new Sonic has to fight him. <gasps> oh, oh yeah. that'd be what did you guys do to me? <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah. Actually, if they found a way <laughs> to reuse those assets, to reuse those assets in the credits. <laughs> well, well, in that trailer, he says he comes from another world. So we've already got parallel <laughs> dimensions and worlds. Maybe like Robotnik like tries to clone him. He's like, I've made an abomination. Instead. <laughs> he, no, he like, wow. He like traces the energy back to Sonic's planet and finds an, the original <laughs> movie version of oh Sonic there God. who's just been oh trapped no. there and pulls him in to take out the <laughs> current version of Sonic. That would be so oh good. My God, We've just good. created the Sonic cinematic universe here. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Listen. Oh my God. Um, great. There so go. that's that's the news for now. Um, <laughs> Excellent. We're going to move on to listener questions. Um, as always, hey. if you have questions, you can send them into afterdarkpodcast at gamespot.com. We read all the mail even though we don't respond to it. Um, and we... <laughs> we're ghosting you. Yeah, we're ghosting you. <laughs> we're leaving you on red. Leaving you on red. Um, and we will do our best to try and keep um, on top of the backlog and um, read them out uh, where appropriate. We get some wildly inappropriate ones as well. For else? Yeah, which we'll just Danny DeLeo and move on from. But um, Keep it moving. Everything else here is um, wholesome and good. Um, yeah. We've well, got a few questions specifically for Nate as well Ooh. so i think i might start with yeah, one of those, those. Yeah. um and you cool. discussed this briefly um and if you're comfortable <laughs> answering this uh yeah. someone on twitter i'm trying to find out who it was um oh it was uh i baby uh at castle underscore adams on twitter i baby said Hi, um baby. what do you think of being recognized as nedry slash wayne knight persona online as opposed to your <laughs> real self and face i remember you yeah. did a face reveal before and even changed your profile picture, but then went back to Nedry. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did <laughs> real quick. Yeah, I did change my. I did when I uh, when I joined Wushu. I, I was like, you know, maybe I should look a little more professional. So I put like my real face on there. I kind of touched up a little bit, and people were like, "Who the hell is this?" And <laughs> like, wait, you're not Shinobi. You know? like, Where Shinobi go? And like, I'd literally people started like unfollowing me in droves. I'm like, whoa, what's going on? Damn, oh, wow. I'm serious. It was weird, man. It was weird, and like, I guess like people didn't recognize me anymore. And they're like, you your know? face so gave you like, minus clout. Damn. Yeah, they're like, we don't want to see the real you. That's cold. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, God, okay, well. So I think, and then like a month later, I was like, okay. So I made like a whole big thing. I'm like, hey, guess who's back? And everyone was like, yeah, hey, yeah, like, wait, that's back. <laughs> the real. I, I was like, okay, thanks. Okay. I guess. <laughs> um, but how do you feel I mean, about I'm, that not, persona? No, I mean, you know, honestly, like, I don't mind it. Like, it's it's actually kind of funny most of the time because I always get, I mean, like I said, like, always at the, at the beginning, I, I always get shocked reactions and people see, like, I don't sound like Newman and mm. they're like, you know, wait a minute, what, you know, and, but he's, he's usually, because Newman's always like this, usually this mischievous little thorn in everyone's side. He's like <laughs> yeah. always hatching, so, always hatching some scheme. I like to think of myself as a schemer. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. I think, I just, I think I've been using Wayne Knight as my, avatar for like 10 years now i mm. guess so uh i guess he's just a part of me yeah see that see the newman <laughs> avatar like whenever i see it it does kind of embody your presence as well because he's mischievous but right. like you look at the yeah, picture yeah. itself and it's he's happy that's what everyone says and like, he's and, happy yeah, and like when picture. i do when i do say stuff everyone's like you know newman would say that and like, <laughs> <good>. <laughs> but like you're, you're also like a lot of your tweets are i mean like you can tell us if we're wrong on this read, but like you air, yeah. air on positivity more. And that's what your video yeah. series for Escapist is also about, right? And 
yeah. that kind of like smiling figure is is <laughs> yeah. even if it is even if people know that Newman is a mischief maker and a bit of thorn in yeah. side, he's also a smiling. Yeah, person. that's. I mean, yeah, New, he's just an avatar. But like, I mean, in, in reality, like I, I just I'm uh, I don't know. I get so tired of uh, just the constant negativity and just people always just find they try they look for things that are wrong in in, in games and and game creators and studios and all that kind of stuff. And I'm just like, there's enough. There's enough of that, like in, in the real world. You know, when I, when I play games and I want to talk about games, I'd I'd rather I I enjoy talking about what I enjoy in games more than what I don't. So I don't want to like waste time. I mean, I'm not saying like and I never say like that you cannot critique games and you can't like give mm. constructive criticism things like that. But like I just I prefer to um, seek out like what's you know the good stuff in games. I just I that's who I am as a, as a person and I try to be that way in everything in life. So, um, yeah, you know, I guess, um, I guess people can gravitate towards that and, mm-hmm. you know, they like, they like that kind of positivity in their life. So, you know, I hey. just try, try the, to stay on that side. That's cool. Yeah. Shouts out to you, man. In the spirit of that positivity yeah, follow-up question yeah. from Rod Goddard, which yeah. will uh, allow you to indulge some of that positivity. Um, yeah. what was your favorite side quest in the Mass Effect trilogy? <sighs> Ooh. And who is your favorite so Mass Effect character? Damn. Favorite Mass Effect character. Yeah, that's an, that's an oh additional question from me. There's so many good ones. I, I, everyone always always says like you know I don't want to sound generic. Everyone's like Garrus or you know Tally. Mm. Um, honestly, I would probably say my favorite is Rex. Um, nice. He, uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, I like him. I you like, like him. Rex? Yeah. Oh, Rex. Yeah, yeah. He's. Yeah, I, I love Rex. Um, I, I mean, I love the Krogans in general. Like they're. Just their whole like society and the way they're just like you know lumbering giants and just <laughs> you know they don't don't take anyone's crap you know and just I don't know the way Rex just he always like quips back at Shepard and he he's mm. got that grungy deep voice and um you know I, I love everything about him um and uh, I guess like, in terms of side mission you guys have all played the trilogy oh, right? yeah. oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. you talk, talking to the right crowd <laughs> yeah this is this is your oh, like oh good you guys are my crew yeah the right. only like I think everyone <laughs> on this podcast or the main cast of this podcast is it and like a wild mass effect yeah. like jake loves it oh, lucy hell. is mad into it as oh, well we are i am Me. in the zone great yeah, this yep. is um, yeah you're in a safe space <laughs> fantastic i picked a good one a good night to come on okay um <laughs> no gosh so many good ones um i guess maybe one that like immediately jumps to mind would be uh probably like grunt's loyalty mission oh um yeah i mean t- technically it's a side quest right it's not required yeah. to beat the game yeah. so it's a loyalty yeah. quest so i think i loved it because um, you know, first off, Grunt is a great character. Like, it was really neat to see like a a, a newborn Krogan, you know, like learn things about his own people, like in front of your eyes, and you can like go on that journey with him. And there were just so many funny moments in that site, that quest, you know, between Shepard like headbutting a Krogan. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and yeah, and then the other Krogan's like, I, he's like, I like this human, you know, like that was just great. Um, and then uh, you know, Rex explaining to Grunt that. You know, hey, you're going through puberty. Yeah. <laughs> so many funny moments. And I think just Krogan, like I said, like they're a neat species. They're like little mini Godzillas walking around. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I just love that look into their culture. Um, what thing I, you, what, I, I, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, like, if I had to pick like an overall mission, it'd probably be a layer of the, sh- layer of the Shadow Broker. Yeah. Um, oh, so many good moments in that one. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. Every time I think about Mass Effect, I just want to start replaying it. Yes. Me too. It happens yeah. so yes. often. And I've played that franchise so many times. It just never I can't gets believe old. EA hasn't remastered it yet. It's like, what are you guys yeah, doing? What are you waiting for? <laughs> that's that's their emergency. Like, that's break, their, yeah, yeah, like break yeah, glass break if, in glass. emergency. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, just quickly, Jean-Luc, favorite character? Ooh. 
man. Um, my favorite character mm-hmm. would probably be. It's got to be Garrus. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be yeah. Garrus. I mean, oh, he's just yeah, he, he's such a good. He's a homeboy. He's like he's that, yeah. my boy. That side mission in Mass Effect Three where you go on the Citadel and you shoot bottles with him, and yeah. you get to yeah. that moment where you have to choose if you're gonna let him win or not. Is like the hardest choice in the entire game. I'm like, oh, do I give it to my boy? Like harder than Vermeer. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's an easy choice. <laughs> yeah. Hi. No. Uh, uh, favorite character, man. Uh, I love. I like Morden. God. <laughs> I-, I love Morden. Uh, I-, I really like. Well, I like Morden's arc. I love uh, Morden, and I, I like how it yeah. wraps up. If mm-hmm. I mean, if you, depending on the choices you make. Also, uh, shouts out to Kasumi Goto. Yeah. yeah, that's oh, that's yeah. kind of a uh, you know underrated, under, underrated. underrated. She's uh, definitely underrated. Yeah. yeah, and also her DLC is probably my favorite like side mission mm-hmm. thing. Is uh, you go to like that I can't remember exactly, but you go to like a party and kind of mingle, and then um, the, the party for like all the elite bougie yeah. people of the mm-hmm. yeah, galaxy. You, you do some that espionage cool, yeah. stuff, and uh, yeah, I, I really yeah. I wish there was more of her, but uh, I do appreciate that uh, Kasumi Goto is mm. uh, in Mass Effect. Yeah, yeah I I really good. love Thane. But oh, also Thanks like great. Javik is incredible. Ja- he yes. is Javik and, he's and such like, an asshole too. Like he is, but like he's and, an asshole Prothean. <laughs> but like he has everything. he's got like some amazing lines. Like I was on N seven day I was in charge of the GameSpot account and uh, t- on Twitter and uh, I was just tweeting loads of gifts. And of those gifts, like my favorite one is still the Javik one, just because the the quote I used was like um, stand in the ashes of a trillion dead souls and ask the ghosts if honor matters. Silence is your answer. Yeah. I was like, damn, yeah, that line is just so Ooh. powerful. He in particular, because it's not just he's good on his own. He like elevates Liara's arc. Yeah, he that, he recontextualizes game. that entire mm-hmm. yeah. universe, yeah. which is an yeah. insane thing to do with one character. And it was Javik Javik was DLC. My man was DLC, DLC and not available yeah. to he anyone. Critical everyone. to that game. I was like, I, I kind of had mixed. I had mixed feelings about that. Like that, at least just that part. I mean, you make him DLC. I'm like, nah. I think everyone should experience yeah, he's, this. He's, like they he's, have to. Yeah, he is too important to that game yeah. like and it sucks but like i was like you have to get that you have mm-hmm. to have yeah. that character yeah. um i think that's kind of neat how like like bioware's kind of subverted expectation expectation of them because like you know they could have easily brought back like you know like a, a politician or like a diplomat or like some like high-ranking mm-hmm. scientist or something you know but like no it's like when he you know you wake up this last protein it's like no he's just this regular old soldier dude yeah and yeah. that's like liara's frustration about that because she yeah. like idolized them and then it's just this cynical Prothean yeah. who doesn't care about yeah. her at all and yet has yeah. like the most insight on everyone around him yeah. and like is mm-hmm. able to destroy their sense of worth. <laughs> didn't, oh, didn't, yeah. he say some, didn't you say something about the Solarian? It's like, I remember when they you guys used, were eating frogs or something. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he describes them as tadpoles or yeah, something at one point. Yeah, they used to eat flies. Yeah, they used to eat flies. Yeah, they used to eat flies. Damn. And like, he's like, you can walk now? Wow. It's like, oh, yeah. Oh, uh, I, w- I would say my favorite mission I don't know if it's a side mission, uh, but I, it, it's cheating, but it's like that entire Citadel. Deal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. It, it, it is like the most fan servicey thing I've ever seen. Yeah. And they, so good. they pull it off extremely so well. well. Yep. Yeah. It, it's like the, it finds this weird gap where like it, it's hard to describe. Like it, it feels like a weird, like one off like special of like a tv show yeah, that yeah. where it's, it's, it was like a dlc like made in isolation <laughs> yeah like, we're like you know? all of the characters are just like letting loose their cracking jokes like there's yeah. constant back and forth it, it feels like they're just 
every every joke every like cons- thing that they were like they were saving they just threw it all in there they have jokes about like and- trainer's toothbrush yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like they go that deep it's so good and then, and then to top it off, I mean, I got spoilers for anyone who hasn't played it, I guess. I mean, it looks, what, seven years later. Yeah. So um, you play it. But anyway, yeah. uh, like, you, I, I did not expect, like, the oh. antagonist. Like, when you first meet him, you're like, yeah. holy uh-huh. shit, he's my clone? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I did not see that coming. Yeah, yeah also, that real good. And to top it off, the group picture. Yeah, the group photo yeah, at the yeah. end. Oh, it's yeah. wholesome. Unless he killed them all, in which case, ah, <laughs> the saddest the part. The saddest part. You understand? Watch it on YouTube.com. Slash games. <laughs> yeah, we, we uh, <laughs> me and me and Jake did a series yeah. where we played specifically with the purposes of killing everyone uh, to have as few party members as possible for that party. <laughs> and it's like I. Th- so yeah, we killed everyone that you could possibly kill. So I think at the end of the party, it's like Edie's there, Joker's oh there, Liara's there trainers there and i think that's it yeah it's just like wow. those people and it's it is the saddest party uh, and i Check also out. learned you can kill some mass effect characters in some really messed up ways <laughs> spe- wow, specifically in three yeah there are characters you can kill in three that are like that is God. really See, I messed up yeah, i never have I, I never have the heart yeah <laughs> so, same. like i can't yeah same both time playing and i still can't i still gotta play the same way <laughs> Yep. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, All right, let's uh, read a few more questions quickly. Uh, Michael, can you take the first one? Ah, what is it? This uh, hello, everyone. Yes. Hello, Hello. everyone. Thank you for all keeping up with the great work on the podcast. It is really a joy to listen to you every week, no matter the subject. Smiley face. Last episode, you talked about Death Stranding. As I understand it, it is a game to take in slowly and needs you needs you to take your time. My question as a father of a three months old baby, would I really do injustice to this game if I played in short bursts, like one to two hours a day uh, per week? I can mostly play on a Saturday, on Saturday evenings. I'm very curious uh, of this game. And after hearing your opinions, I really want to play this game, but I don't have a lot of time. And my second question, if I may, last episode ended on the low mode. You guys talked about anxiety, depression, reflections, uh, and uh, Re, in relations uh, of these games, uh, English is not my first language, so sorry uh, for sorry, if I'm confusing. Well. Uh, my question, what games do you turn to to have a good laugh, fun, and cheer yourself up? Looking forward to each episode every week. Take care and stay positive. Bahadir from Istanbul. So first question is, can you play in short bursts? I would say absolutely. Yeah, I think I, it's designed for that almost. Yeah, I, I like those. That's, that's what I've heard. Yeah, it looks that's better to play in bursts. Like than... each mission because it's a delivery and, and you really honestly like have to put your all into that delivery if you want to mm. do it right. Like mm-hmm. it feels like you, you just want to do like a delivery or two. Yeah. And then take a break and, and each, really soak it in. Each one is designed to be slightly arduous so that when you have those moments where you spot someone that's made a bridge or a ladder that someone's placed down, it elicits that emotion of uh, appreciation right so you they're almost designed to be played in short bursts and they are really i think the one concern that i might have is the game really opens up in chapter three Mm. and if you Mm -hmm. are playing in short bursts you might it might take you longer than it organically would to get to that process if you were playing in like longer bursts sure um in which case you might have a you might not be as enthused or you might not see what the bigger picture of the game is for longer than most would, but you can still definitely play it that way. And you can also, you know, choose to, 
either spend time doing small side deliveries or you can focus on the main missions. Mm-hmm. I think the point where you run into some troubles is when you get to the very Hideo Kojima long cutscenes. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask yeah. about that. Like, I know that there are very long cutscenes that you definitely want to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's in there. So I think that you would probably want to at least anticipate yeah. uh, those things happening. I think uh, an hour a, hour a session or hour, two hours a session is good. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Second part of the question. I kind of... Go, yeah. go, go, go for it, go for it. No, I was, I was going to say, I kind of missed, I mean, I kind of missed the long cut scenes in, in Phantom Pains. So I was like, maybe, maybe it's a, it's a nice welcome after. Yeah. I, I love Kojima ass, long ass cut yes, scenes. I, yeah. I love like, four I because of that. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah. I just like, do what you want. Yeah. Yeah. Take the time. Get, get, yeah. get jiggy with it. I agree. Yeah. This, this feels like that perfect balance. Like, yeah. he, everyone, he everyone like a lot of people complain. Scenes. Yeah, people. yeah, like a lot of people would complain about that, and and the you know Metal Gear Solid, you know one through four, and it's like you know, and shoot, when a long ass cutscene would come on, I just put my control down, I'm like all right, take my chair back, like, nope. let's so go. I, I'm I here will, for this. I will say, yeah, that, I'm here for this. I will say that end of Metal Gear Solid four, where the yeah. 50 minute cutscene happens, I yeah. desperately needed to go to the toilet. <laughs> desperately, <laughs> I... that is that remains my record for longest time holding in a dump. Because well, I, I was like, and you, okay. could, you couldn't like skip it either. You couldn't, I you don't think you could pause, pause it. it. You, you could pause it. it, but I was like so into it that I didn't even think okay. about pausing it. But I, I was like, yeah. I do distinctly remember in the middle of Metal Gear Solid 4, it's the chapter three cutscene where they like explain pretty much everything. Yeah. Like the whole, yeah. I remember oh, God. Uh, it was so long that I started folding laundry because my mom had asked me to do it like an hour and a half ago. And she's like, you haven't folded the laundry yet. And I'm like, well, I'll just, uh, watching this cutscene. I'm going to play video games or well, I'm watching a video game. So I distinctly watching remember like folding my socks while like they're rambling on about Patriots and Lolly Lulelo. Okay. So, uh, second part of the question, um, what games do you go to, to uplift? I think a lot about comfort games recently, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that you know Final Fantasy fourteen is like it, it covers so much ground for me. I keep talking about this game, but uh, the other night uh, I was just feeling really down, and you know I was in a point of story that's very pivotal, so I didn't want to you know spend that time to go through heavy uh, lore uh, implications. Mm. So instead, I just I was there doing side quests, learning more about the people that embody that world. It's it's low pressure and also I just I just like being in that world. That's the thing that hooked me first is that I can log in, talk to the guild, uh, see what everyone's up to, maybe run a few dungeons with them, but also chill and craft and gather and just listen to the music and in, just enjoy what that world is giving me without feeling the pressure of going through a quest or a high level raid and mm-hmm. uh, I really appreciate uh, how Final Fantasy fourteen has done that for me, but also rhythm games. I think that's yeah. that's my go-to with Persona 3 Dancing in Moonlight was last year was one of my favorite games of that year. It's I can't forget how much that game gave to me. It's you might look at it and be like it's a dumb oh, it's like a silly rhythm game based on Persona 3 or whatever, but I connected with that game on a whole nother level because of the remixes and the music, but mm. It was it was came at the just the right time and I found a lot of comfort in just playing those songs, listening to uh, remixes of songs that I absolutely love and seeing those characters just chilling because there's no pressure in that game. You're just like there's just social scenes and you're just chilling and playing a dope rhythm game. And I find that a lot in also Miku games, the Miku Project Diva games. So uh, those are those uh, when I'm feeling down, play some rhythm games, chilling Final Fantasy 14. That's Nate? what it is. What about you? Oh, oh me? Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh gosh, um, I'll fall back on. I'll, I don't. I'll maybe. Uh, I would say probably Battlefield uh, in terms mm-hmm. of just like I shut my brain off and I just I, I jump into like that chaos and 
just I don't even have to do I don't even have to do good. I just I love like jumping into those huge maps right. and and getting lost and just mm. tanks and planes just blowing up around me and just charging off you know charging objectives thing. I just I love that kind of uh, chaotic multiplayer. Um, I guess also uh, I actually replay uh, Telltale games from time to time. Like mm. I. I uh, that's kind of like my comfort zone. I, I love uh, the Wolf Among Us. I adore that oh, game. Um, yes. uh, yeah, uh, um, I love uh, Tales from the Borderlands. Like that. I mean, that game's hilarious. Like, I, I know they kind of like these uh, comfy, homey little games. I like, you know, and he, he, they don't require like a lot of uh, Twitch input. You know, like, you know, like require a lot of input from the player. So like, I can just kind of go through them at a slow pace. And um, I, I love just talk. I love talking to characters in any game. So like, you know. Um, Telltale is perfect for that. Um, hmm. Yeah, Charlie. Yeah. Uh, for the longest time, it used to actually be the Mass Effect trilogy, yeah, uh, or like Bioware games, like uh, Dragon Age. I admittedly haven't no. done that in a while, though. I'd say right now, my current one, when I'm just like need to decompress or not think or, or not in a good mood, is um, Destiny Two. Hmm. Like I, hmm. there's just something like I can just play that game. Grab some bounties, do a couple strikes, play a little bit of Crucible. Um, like I, mm-hmm. I feel like I did something, but I'm I, I wasn't thinking too hard or or like because um, sometimes like there are just some games where you're like, man, it just feels. I have a good time, but you're like, if it, it feels like work or it feels like, exhausting to like, like you have That's to great. emotionally invest yourself <laughs> to play this game. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think yeah. like certain big story heavy games feel that way for me sometimes. Um, so I yeah. think like Destiny. It's just like I know I can just play it and and just feel like I'm having a good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. For me, it's mm-hmm. it's like familiarity is what I go with, um, mm-hmm. and I, I guess it's fundamentally you want to switch um, off. Hiam uh, is mouthing the name of the game I'm about to say. I've become predictable. <laughs> it rhymes with uh, corn. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Metal Gear Solid Five, yeah. Um, oh wow! wow. No, <laughs> yeah, it, it is Bloodborne, um, and like as we discussed last week, like this is something I'm currently playing, and um, it's helping me in various ways. Um, and that familiarity, and almost like the ability to, like Nate was saying, like not think about it but still engage mm-hmm. with it. I'm at that stage mm-hmm. with Bloodborne, similar for Destiny, right? Yeah, like, and, definitely. And same with like the Miku stuff. And at that point, you know, the amount you've played home, for example, it's mm-hmm. almost muscle memory that you're engaging yeah. with and not like actively thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. s- some of the pathways in, in Yarnum and various other places you go to in Bloodborne are just like mm-hmm. embedded and I there's a comfort in walk, walking those those footsteps again, walking over them over and over and over again. Um, and yeah, Bloodborne is that for me. Um, I think Metal Gear 5 is is that also, just being in that world mm-hmm. and running around and the feeling of movement. And like they do that so well that it just kind of helps me switch off. And there's some maybe, games that just, it just feels good to just run around in them. Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. definitely one of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's. Do you uh do you restart Metal Gear or do you just replay older missions with all your Oh your, so like, so I've out? got like a I I've got a save in uh, post game save so I just jump in and okay. I generally don't like do missions I just run around and kind oh, okay. of like yeah, yeah. explore and just hang out with my D dog and and, yeah. and kind of like because oh, D dog is a very very good boy <laughs> Aww, um so and good. the horse occasionally will join us and. That kind of stuff. Um, yeah. He's a good boy. He's a good boy. <laughs> oh. Good boy. Um, yeah. 
I think sadly that's all we have time for this week. Um, we ran a bit long talking about our various <clears throat> games um, and and other things. But um, any questions that we haven't answered today, we will definitely um, look at next week. Yep. Um, there will always be more episodes. There will always be more episodes. So keep the emails coming in. If you've already sent one, do not uh, despair. We will probably come back to it at some point. Um, if you have questions that you want to send, you can send that to afterdarkpodcast at gamespot.com. And um, please head over to iTunes and various other the various other podcast platforms you have and rate us and review and subscribe and that kind of business. Um, we are still a relatively small podcast. We have a nice engaged community of very wholesome people who are supportive and positive and fun um and uh by doing the rating us and reviewing and subscribing that kind of stuff you do help us grow a bit and uh bring more people in so that we can have nice gaming conversations yeah um nate where can people find you on twitter yeah. and such yeah um uh, i'm also i like to think of myself as wholesome so i love talking about positive things too Very so awesome. uh, if you guys want to just hit me up uh anyone listening if you hit me up on twitter uh shinobi 602 um and you can also uh follow uh wushu studios if you would like to um stay on top of uh updates um from our studio uh games that we're working on hopefully will be talked about soonish and you can also uh please tune in to uh the joy gaming on the escapist magazine youtube channel where i also talk about games in a very positive way <laughs> it's good it's good cool yeah hi yeah uh you can find me at michael p hi on twitter you know i've i've kind of um disengaged from twitter as a whole but i, I pop in every now and then mm. uh the discourse uh, i wake up every morning i'm like man what's the discourse this morning and little do you know <laughs> there's, there's, there's more discourse and i'm just like oh boy i'm just gonna not <laughs> have to think about that um uh, but yeah you can find me on there i'm still uh talking about all of my bullshit uh and uh yeah all like Tam and Jean-Luc, our work is on GameSpot.com and mm-hmm. we, uh, we're reaching the tail end of the year, but man, we are doing a lot out mm-hmm. there. Um, so uh, yeah, I, it's not just my work. Obviously, it's uh, everyone here at GameSpot. You should uh, check out mm-hmm. what we're all doing because uh, everyone's putting in a lot of effort, a lot of time, a lot of care uh, about games and uh, all that good stuff. Jean-Luc? Uh, you can find me at John Luke on Twitter. Uh, as far as specific stuff I've been working on, you should go check out the latest episode of Potato Mode. Ooh, it's a good one. Up, which is the show where we take your favorite game and you make it look like crap as much as possible. <laughs> Endearing crap. Endearing crap. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful, wonderful, uh, wholesome crap. Mm. Uh, we did on Red Dead Redemption 2. It uh, was a beautiful mess. It is. Yeah. <laughs> very fun. Is that on so... YouTube? I've, I, yes. I, I, I want to watch that. Oh, yes. It's really good. Yeah, you, you go to uh, GameSpot's YouTube to check it out. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, uh, I by the time this is up, I will have helped cut the review for Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Mm-hmm. So go check that out because I'm sure it's a great review. I haven't started cutting it, but I bet I did a really good job. <laughs> <laughs> I'm willing to bet you did too. Oh. Um, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Tamor H. Uh, mostly posting nonsense there good nonsense mm, jedi fallen over from that yeah. yeah it's questionable <laughs> jedi fallen over was on the GameSpot channel Damn, um de- desk stra- standing desk was, standing was on my that was a good one man i do that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, chuckle out of me <laughs> uh yeah that's what uh, i primarily do on twitter as well as turn my name into puns um <laughs> i am working on uh various things uh news side um i've got my hands in a lot of pies uh, helping out various video projects so chances are if you click on something on GameSpot I have 
somehow Damn. been involved in light it. Flex. In some light flex. Light flex. Very, very <laughs> light flex. And we're all working on stuff in secret that you can look forward to. That is true. Yeah, everyone's working on something. Mm -hmm. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you, Shinobi. Thank Nate. you, Shinobi. Thank, Thank you, Nate. Thank uh, you so much, guys. Keep being My positive Thank on you the so internet. Much for having me. Bye. Yes. Peace. Bye.